took his man to the boards. Here's Nye back in the net in front. They score! Hello! You'll never guess who! Come on, come on, guess! Austin come on. Matthews. Yeah, you did it! You're really good! Matthews to Nylander to Matthews, and a shot by Matthews scores! Here's another chance for the Leafs. Nice with a chance to score! Matthews again! Back to back, Hatties for Maddie! It's it's pretty sweet. It's it's fun, and guys are looking around like this is ridiculous what he's doing. Uh, it just seems like every time it's on a stick, it goes in the net, and you just realize the touch that the guy has. It's it's fun to watch. Yeah, this, like I said, is a new standard for himself. You know, to, to have a hat trick and then follow it up again, which is, as we know, is not the first time he's done this. It's pretty remarkable. You know, it's pretty remarkable. But I, like I said he's scoring in different ways, which makes him really difficult to defend against. And, Credit to him for getting to those spaces and being as dynamic as he is, uh, he finds way. Fan morning show. Sports at 590 The Fan. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning. It's family day. Good morning. Good morning. I feel like you always slip in the good morning and you look at me like, you didn't say good I morning. I do. I feel that literally. I like feel like for a week <laughs> straight now, you've been, you've been neglecting uh, your good morning you duties. You know that I only say good morning at the end of conversations yeah. or radio programs. Well, I actually think it'd be good to bookend our program with it. Oh, like I a see, good morning, yeah. good morning. Hey, good morning. It's too late. It's too late. Family day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, roads, no. roads were barren today. No, honestly, it's really good we're in here because this place could be being cased for a heist otherwise because there's <laughs> no one in here right <laughs> now. I'm, looking, I'm literally looking at the security <laughs> desk where there's always a person uh, sitting there oh. doing Lord knows what. <laughs> Nope, not a soul yeah. down there. No, 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 no. Uh, but happy to be here with you. Yeah, buddy. It's good to be here. No place I'd rather be. This is our, our both of us are going on vacation next week to, to warm climb. So God, I quickly looked at two things about that and just brutal. The least get, the temperature here is too uh, warm yeah. while we're gonna be gone. Sure. Positives. That, this can't happen. It needs to be how it is this mm-hmm. week. Sorry, people. And the leaf schedule is so good mm. next week. Rain, uh, I forget the exact order, but it's like you get Rangers, you get Avs, you get Golden yeah. Knights. There's a stinker in there somewhere, but uh, missing three great leaf games <laughs> and it's gonna be warm. You should just stay home then. Send your family on vacation and and just, you know what? Say Forego the, the 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 vacation and just come in here, do solo radio for three hours straight uh, for five days next week. I would I would actually like maybe take I would actually gladly like if we had well I guess we have the technology. It's like if I had access to the Leaf games, I would love nothing more than to come on for forty minutes the day following a Leaf game because I like. Will you be watching the Leaf game? Because I'm, I'm on is, a cruise. It's so, gonna be a little more difficult for me. Although I think they do have like sports bars so on the, this cruise. This is actually good. I've been. It was funny. I was like meaning to talk to you about this, but then I I thought you would just consider me a downer. But here we are. It's like I was thinking about this. Like I'm not a guy who takes vacations. Like mm-hmm. I take vacation in the summer when mm-hmm. it's like you miss baseball and baseball is the easiest of everything to go catch up you can mm-hmm. look at a box score you can see an exact yeah. moment it's like a hockey game has no. a feel if you no, didn't no. see it you didn't see it you you yes you lose something reading a baseball box score but you can get a lot closer to understanding what happened in a baseball game by reading a box score than you can yeah. by reading an nhl no. box score or even like you go watch a you know a 10 minute highlight pack mm-hmm. or say it just there's no way to, to too many replicate ins, it. too many outs too many what have yous yeah so i'm i i'm I'm very, like, I'm concerned about the tape grinding I'm going to be doing on Sunday when I come back to have watched, I don't know, what is it, four Leaf games that yeah. I'll have missed in mm-hmm. um, in one day. 
And then surely I'll just have tons of coherent thoughts after having watched four I, hockey games back to back. I'm not too proud to say that on my previous vacations on solid ground, mm-hmm. not at sea, yeah. that I have, like, you you watch, or you, you stay away from your phone, you stay away from screens all day. You're out in the sun, and you're playing with your kids, and you're in the sand, and you're in the ocean, and you're doing all that. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that at night, like, yeah, you come back to the hotel room, throw up the iPad and watch the Leaf game. I've yeah. done that before. I And I, I imagine you will be taking an opportunity to do that while while you're away and you have the capability of, uh, of doing that. I don't know if I do. I don't know that I will. Like, really? What, what's the, like, I don't know. I mean, not to, like, not to get into everybody's favorite baseball bugaboo, but, like, I don't know what the black art, blackout rules are. <laughs> like, I'm in the Caribbean. Can I just pull yes. up Sportsnet now? Well, Is that how that works? Yes. I bet not. Yeah, okay. All right. So you, you have, like... Not just limited, but like no understanding of how technology works then, right? No, I I mean, if I, I see all the time I'm scrolling on Twitter and it's like, this video is not available in your yeah. region. It's like, and I'm here no, and that was like in America. You, if I said the word like VPN, you'd be like, what is that? A very purple numbskull? No, I actually know. That's with a K, but yeah. I, I actually know what it is, a VPN, but I, it's... I'm just, I'm 75 years old at heart. Yeah, I don't want something to be on DAZN. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't want to go download an app. I want to uh-huh. press a button, sit in front of the boob tube, uh-huh. and watch my sports. Uh-huh. Well, okay, you probably won't be able to do that. So, like, yeah, you might have to take a step to, to be able to. It won't to, happen. I'm just to, telling you. Like, to it will not achieve happen. your favorite thing. But anyways, no, that's fine. That that's won't fine. Happen. That's next week. Yeah. That's a problem for next week. That is actually a preview of Monday's show. All right. Or, sorry, two Mondays from now. Show. Yeah, all right. Let's uh, let's delve into the weekend that was. And the Leafs playing an afternoon game, which is lovely Great. on no, family day. Awesome. Love I, afternoon I hockey. Again, like, I don't understand why that upsets you. This is amazing Cause for the me. Because Le- the Leafs are, well, I mean, okay. Like, you're like, well, this is the difference. Is like, you can watch and, like, your kids either, yeah. like, watch or, like, when I'm watching a Leaf game with my kid, I have to have my Leaf jersey on with my gloves, a full-size <laughs> hockey stick, and we play, quote-unquote, the Gunner game while I do play-by-play <laughs> for my son. The Gunner game. While I, while, while Is I do, he Gunner too? No, no. See, I because I, he gets to be Austin Matthews or Sidney Crosby or uh-huh. whoever, and he goes, hey, you Gunner. And you gotta, sometimes I get to be Bill Nylander. He okay. thinks he thinks William Nylander's name is Bill, but we'll uh, you know we'll deal with that here or there. So it's like, yeah, if I could just sit and watch a game, yeah, of course. But it's like my you uh, know, it's family day, so it's my not child's too not late at for daycare. This. It's not too late for this, but yeah, having two is really oh, ideal. Two boys that are now like eight and five, and they're upset. They, I just left at my home, and obviously they have no school today. They were just sleeping in the basement on the pullout couch together, like they're. Oh, your child was sleeping when you left your house, eh? <laughs> Oh my God! Really? Yours was up. He was up. Uh, so uh, you know, I was up for work. So I go in there to be like, "Hey, bud, what's up?" No, I don't like you. Uh, so then now my wife's angry. So yeah, it's just like honestly, it's a great oh day, and I got a one, a one o'clock hockey game because it's in America because we have to cowtown to them. I mean, Thank but you, it's Gary. also a holiday here, though. Yeah, but look at the schedule. The only Canadian I, I so. team that's playing today that's playing here is an all-Canadian matchup. It, it is a full-blown cowtowing to America. Yeah, that's why all the. Day. Yeah, that's why all the games yeah, but, are but there. N- most people are off work today, and it actually works out perfectly for no, most, people, most, most people. No, you're supposed to have, no, the Leafs supposed to play Tuesday, Thursdays, right. and Saturdays. You're not supposed to play Monday at 1 o'clock, much like when they came back from Sweden. They weren't supposed to play mm. at 2 o'clock on a, on a, against Chicago on the first half of the back-to-back. I love it, because what I do is I see my 
my children when I go home and I say, Daddy's going to take a nap. And Daddy oh, wakes see, up. That's the other after thing. After my two hour I, I nap. I can't nap when I get home. Like, I need time oh, to wind down. No, no, no. Like, it's all I can do not to fall asleep in the car on the ride home. Go uh, take my nap, wake up, and then say hello again to the children. Maybe give them some food. And then say, either you're watching this with me or get away from me. And <laughs> you live a, I'm going to play that for my wife and then she's uh, going to laugh in my face. Yeah, no, but then they just go off and do their own thing or knock on the neighbor's door and play with them. Anyways, Leafs uh, are riding high because they got to play a Ducks team that didn't put up quite the fight they did in Anaheim, to say the least. Uh, Doshkal, not, not, uh, not shutting the door. Nope. Uh, in fact. Don't uh, let it hit you on the way out, pal. The, the Ducks uh, watching Maple Leafs put nine goals up against them, and that was without Austin Matthews essentially playing the second half of this hockey mm-hmm. game after uh, he had already recorded a hat trick. His second consecutive, his sixth of the season, 48 goals, mm. uh, third straight win for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, we're, we're watching history. It's uh, it's ridiculous, and, and 70 goals still the, the target but now on pace for more than 74, which would put him in some pretty elite company, Brent. You know where 74 goals would put him uh, in an all-time single-season perspective like for goals? Like 80s stuff. Yeah, no, like he would have – that's more than Gretzky scored in 84-85. He had 73 that season. Uh, Timu had 76 in 92-93. But, yeah, we put him in eighth all by himself. It's absurd. It's, it's ridiculous stuff, and, I mean – it might not continue. There's going to be a tail off, you would think, at some point. But we've said, how many times have we said that before? I've I mean, said it all season long. Yeah, you have. Specifically you, me. Yeah. You, you keep trying to tear the man down. Mm, I'm just living in, a, uh, living in a world of reality. Yeah, you, you, and it's not, it's actually not the worst take in the world. Although I did text you on Saturday that it's like, okay. No, not I texted all, you. I came to the mic with my... Yeah, okay, you uh, might I, get 70. Yeah. And then I said, well, I mean, maybe I tweeted this, that, okay, so the 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 either or that we discussed last week was, does Austin, what's more likely, Austin Matthews scores 70 this season or over the course of his entire career, mm-hmm. Connor McDavid has a 10-point game? Yeah, he almost did both. <laughs> Saturday, like, if he gets to play, like, if that is a game, if he yeah. plays in earnest, it's... I don't know. You know what's what? out of the realm of possibility? Great point by you. How dare you rob us of that, Anaheim Ducks? Could you have shown up and played at least offensively half a game, and then maybe Matthews would have been able to push, push, push? Because it is funny to Five see. Five points in that game as well. well it, and it's funny to see the difference in the game. Like, you see the hat trick the game before, and Marner's force-feeding him in the third. They're looking at chances there, and it's, yeah, you, you needed it uh, in a 9-2 laugher. Not so much. No, you, there's really no excuse to, to to start playing him, you know, chasing cookies in that third period. In fact, you know, that's that that is the type of stuff that's uh, that's uh, Ridley Gregg type stuff. If you're well, really funny, if you're I playing have... your number one power play in the third period up, whatever seven one it was at that point. I was thinking about about that. Of mm, this is very interesting to have the Leafs in this position after having had the you know referendum on Morgan Riley and Ridley Gregg and everything going on there. And yeah, probably you know safe of Sheldon Keefe to uh, hold his fire there. And you know, like I know Gudis was in that game, but I think the other part of it as well is that like you know the Ducks aren't exactly the Flyers in, mm-hmm. in that regard. That you're not so concerned about again. Like it's not that they're without those guys. Like Johnston's tough, Gudis is tough. It's not say anybody couldn't you know take a cheap 
shot at Matthews or something like that. But it is a little different when it's the Ducks as opposed to the Flyers. You're you're out there in a blowout game against. Yeah. Not that the Flyers game is a blowout, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so they sweep the season series against the Anaheim Ducks as they as they should. So Connor McDavid's okay. Let me just does be that clear make here. up for Chicago or no? So now wash like they've they've they got swept by and swept the I don't care what the numbers say the two worst teams in the league. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, and they they did play the Blackhawks when they still had Connor Bedard and they didn't get him mm-hmm. when he was out. So yeah, I don't know. It, it all evens out. I've actually. Do you want to know the numbers against teams that are outside of the playoffs? Sure. Looking in, um, they're fifteen eight and six, which is okay, but that's like those are some bad bad teams. And if mm-hmm. you add the eight to the six uh, overtime shootout losses, that's 15 and 14. They're essentially 15. They're barely above 500 against the teams that are on the outside of the playoff picture. Yeah, they get bored. Looking in. They do. Yeah. And there haven't been many games like we saw yesterday, although the return engagement against the Sharks was also like that. So I kind of wanted to, not to move away from the Matthews point of it all, but how much is, you know, and not that every team can't use a 9-2 laugher every every now and then. I think every team could use it. Every fan base could use it. Man, the coach could use it where he has a night where it's not so stressful. But how much do you think that release valve is important or how much I should say, because I think it is more important. How much more important do you think it is for a team like the Leafs than just about anybody else? Like we talk about it, the mm-hmm. eyeballs, everything that's there. Every game is a referendum on what you are. Like you play a Flyers team and it's, oh yeah, Matthews is great. But if it weren't for him, you'd be sitting here losing to a team that you're supposed to be so much better than. Like it feels like for the Leafs. And again, not that they've been without these this year. It just seems so important to just have a kind a cathartic game like that where everybody I mean we haven't even talked about Burt yet and yeah. everything going there yeah assist because Austin Matthews can all he can score whatever he wants he can allow somebody else to score whenever they want I like to want. think he like bequeathed that to yeah. him he's like here you go <laughs> getting an opportunity with John Tavares out on the number one power play unit you know I think it's extremely important for this team because it allows Sheldon Keefe to do the thing that he is loathe to do in a close hockey game which mm. is distribute the minutes evenly mm. right like to ease up on the gas pedal when it comes to the 24 minutes a game he's got Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and when he was not suspended Morgan Riley in a game he he's just been every move that he's made this season Sheldon Keefe has Uh been in the mold of winning in that moment which you understand that's his job on the line his job is to win hockey games he doesn't necessarily have to have the larger picture in mind um because his today is the only thing that matters because tomorrow isn't guaranteed for him. So I get that. But in a 9-2 game, it's not about when the game is over. The game no. is over midway through it. So yeah, you can you can you can play Bobby McMahon a ton, who almost had yet another hat trick as well. Uh and is yeah, like the eye test also kind of matches the goal scoring that's happening for Bobby yeah. McMahon. But you can have, and I know again, uh John Tavares was out for that game, so this is naturally it was a, a natural spot for Tyler Bertuzzi to play in number one power play unit. Yep. But you can give guys that are going through slumps a little bit more of an opportunity. You can play Mitch Marner on the blue line if you want for the second half of that game with Max Lewis Wild. 
I saw I saw them going to Marner on the blue line there, and I was like, no, it's, everything's going so well. This is usually the thing that precedes terrible, terrible events. Like, it seems like every time last year, especially when they they tried to throw Marner out there, and, you know, I'm not going to say through no fault of his own, but it's not exactly the spot he wants to be put in. But it just, I remember there was a game against the Hurricanes, immediately barbecued. It's just, it was a bad spot. So I saw, I saw them put Marner back there, and I went, oh, okay, maybe that's the part where you do get a little bit too mm. cute, but... I mean, you go down to the four or five D. You you are where you are with Lagason just playing the buck thirty. I mean, <laughs> obviously we talk about Matthews there, and you were you can only unburden this guy so much. The guy I feel like you were able to give the biggest blow to who needs it the most right now is Jake McCabe. Mm-hmm. He's playing such heavy minutes. For this team, he seems to take a puck in the face or a punch in the face at least every other game, if Mm -hmm. not every period, seemingly. That's the guy who I feel like, you know, we talk about the core four and loading them up and rightfully so you, you kind of need to, for this team to be the best version of itself, but especially without Riley, especially with the banged up blue line, it it was really important to have just like a little, little bit of an easier night for, for McCabe, because man, it it seems like every game is world war three for him for the last two weeks. (laughs) Yes. And give that nose a little time to heal, right? Yeah. Like, just to have it so that it's not a scab, so that, like, the next time mm-hmm. he gets into a face-washing session, that it's not, yeah, he's See, I can't, not I, bloodied. I can't remember if you were here for this or if it was, uh, if, if somebody was filling in, but we had Jason Demers on once, and he told us the story about, there. yeah, okay, that was you. Mm-hmm. And that's all I can think with McCabe, is that some guy's going to pick that scab off of his nose, and he's just going to lose it yeah. and quite quite frankly i'd like to see that <laughs> yeah just, just like while we're while we're uh taking while we're putting requests out there i'd be one to see that yeah uh yeah i'd be fine with that and honestly um there's a lot uh of the recent jake mccabe that has changed my tune on what the leafs have in this guy making two million bucks boy that's uh especially when you figure that part of it mm-hmm. like where would this team be where would this team be without Jake McCabe if he made four because they mm-hmm. could afford to pay him it right now thank mm-hmm. you John Klingberg rotting away on LTIR but where would this team be without him regardless I mean I'm not going to go as far as to say he's the new TJ Brody of some stabilizing force because you know McCabe is still with his warts and I don't think stabilizing is necessarily the thing I think of with this game but that's what this blue line has been missing for so long. I mean, for all the whipping boys you've had over the years, you haven't had this just a mean, snarly. Because even, you know, Luke Shen was almost easy for him. Like, Luke Shen didn't, he he was very physical and aggressive, but he didn't didn't seem overly mean. Like, he's, he's kind of sweet Luke Shen. Like, he'll get mm-hmm. mean if he needs to. Jake McCabe wakes up in a bad mood, and this mm-hmm. team just doesn't have guys like that. Like, even Ryan Reeves, who's, that's his job. And I, you know, I, I don't think he's putting on some act or anything, but Ryan Reeves doesn't walk around in a bad mood looking like he has a snarl on his face. He's mm-hmm. usually pretty happy, you know, jovial guy. I, I McCabe is just so important in that regard. Like Bertuzzi's supposed to provide it. Hasn't happened as much as you'd like lately. Domi, obviously getting into goodish. You love, love to see mm-hmm. it there. But McCabe is still the guy who far and away brings that just nastiness. Yeah, okay, so you just hit on a lot of things there. Uh, are we good to move off of Matthews for now? We're obviously going to come yeah, back just, around to it. It's like, what do you say at this point? Uh, what I what I say is how, if he has another hat trick this week, do you put the number at 80? Because you were quick to 70. Mm-hmm. I, I think you do have to set it. You have to get to a pace that's 80. And like I okay. said, it's now over 70. Well, that's 74. Why- we're already talking about a franchise record for hat tricks in a season with six. And it's like not, 
Again, we're we're past the midway point, but it's it's still like middle of February, right? Like we got a month and a half left of of hockey still. To, we're not at the trade deadline it's yet. Remarkable. Like, so, and again, you look at the all-time single season goal scoring list, and seventy four puts him top ten all time. Mm-hmm. It, it it used to be that we'd have conversation about goal scoring and points, and it's like, oh, for this era, and like, oh man, it's not the eighties anymore, and it's not right. Like mm-hmm. he's not going to score ninety goals this year, but. It, it's not that far off. Like, we're talking about Mario Lemieux stuff here. Yeah. Like, Brett Hull stuff here. The The record for hat-tricks in a season is 10, which Wayne Gretzky did twice. And he's not going to get there, but could he get to, like, eight hat-tricks this season? Which is two. Like, that's... That's outrageous. No, you but know, it's, it's... What we've seen, it's, it's not impossible. Okay, here's what I'll say is that obviously it is outrageous. But if he... If he gets to eight, why won't he get to 10? Like, I'm not sitting here saying he definitively will, but this is what all goal scorers do, and he does it the most of anybody right now, where streaky, 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 streaky. But the streak hasn't come the other way. It just hasn't stopped. The The lull nights are the one-goal games yeah. or the two-goal weeks. That's the quiet stuff. Most players' good week is his quiet week right now. And I have been somebody who's pumped the brakes on the 70s stuff because yeah, it's, it's been... because it's been doing that, though. Well, uh, here's what it is. It's that it's been... And he's on pace for 69.24, uh, 70.1, uh, 71 goal. He blew past that. Now, granted, he could go a couple games without scoring here. He probably will today because it's a weird start time and there's no way anybody anybody knows what to expect in these weird 1 o'clock games. But I'm done poo-pooing 70. I'm not sitting yeah. here telling it's going to happen, but I'm I'm done poo-pooing it. Brent, I got a stat for you. Okay. you you gen- Generally speaking, you do. So this season, he is shooting an outrageously high 21.3% Austin Matthews is Mm -hmm. to to accumulate his 48 goals. His shooting percentage over the last two years is 15.9%, which is actually lower than his career shooting percentage of 16.3. So we talk about, you know, returning to your average level of play and, and... Regression to the mean, uh-huh. and we think about that as a single season. It doesn't necessarily happen over the course of an 82-game season. We could be seeing a guy returning to the mean after an outrageously low shooting percentage last season. This is a high shooting percentage. He's not shooting 50%, though. And again, over the last two years, again, last year, what a horrible season. We only scored 40 goals. Yeah. Over the last two years, his shooting percentage has been lower on aggregate, mm-hmm. than his career shooting percentage. What we're seeing, if you combine this year and last year, is not that outrageous. No, and we'll say it again. These are okay. I suppose you can look at. I suppose you can look at a nine-two game and say, okay, some maybe that's empty calorie. Some of those there. It's no empty netters. It's not just feasting on the power play. And again, like, hey, you're allowed to score power play goals. Mm-hmm. No one's going to sit here and say Sam Reinhardt's uh, having a bad year. Honestly, but- and that's that's a, a little bit of evidence in the case of he's going to score 70 because now all of a sudden the Leafs power play is outrageous. Mm-hmm. Score four times on the power play yep. uh, uh, against the Ducks. The the second best power play in the NHL all of a sudden percentage-wise. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> this is the thing with this Leafs team is that I would much rather have them, and this is obviously the most picking nits possible, but given my druthers, I'd rather them just consistently be the fourth or fifth best power play in the league than have these streaks and fits and stops because this is the problem with the Leafs power play, and a weird thing to say when they score four goals, but 
and nobody's power play other than the Oilers looks like that every single night. But you need to be able to take this, this heater that everybody's on right now. Like even Bertuzzi scored a goal. I genuinely never thought I would see that again until April, and mm-hmm. he ruined it. Now he's now he's not going to be due for any goals in, in the playoffs. But I think that when you look at a power play, that yes, it's going well, and you want it, you want to be able to thrive while you're on a heater. But the most important part of that is what can you take out of that to be able to go back to when the power play inevitably dies out. And yeah, part of it is, yeah, Matthew shooting in the back of the net. Power play looks pretty good when that happens. But there are other things that are happening here. Like John Tavares has been a good net front presence. Obviously, it wasn't the case on the game because he wasn't playing there. Bertuzzi goes there. But it hasn't just been a Bertuzzi thing. You you see, you have to be able to take this. And yes, Matthew's always going to shoot it in the net. But there are a lot of other positive things happening on that power play right now. And you have to be able to identify those so that when... You have your inevitable bump in the road because it's mm. going to happen. You're going to run into a hot goalie or your shooting percentage is going to dip. Go back to these things that are working because it's not just Matthew shooting in the net. It's a big part of it. I don't want to I don't want to understate that part of it, mm-hmm. but there's more going on than just that. Well, and like we said, on Saturday was Tyler Bertuzzi scoring his first goal since December 27th, uh, getting an opportunity in John Tavares's net front uh, spot on power play one, assisted by Austin Matthews. I don't even know if he had to move his stick. Nope, like, if he did, he it was like an inch and a half that he moved his stick. And, yes, a, a, a well-deserved celebration for Tyler Bertuzzi, who had been playing well and deserved so to score, good. right? So, yeah. And we talked, like, process over results, and, and if you were extrapolating and wondering how this was going to work out in the postseason, I think you and I were actually on the— the same side of the aisle that is actually not the worst thing in the world that he wasn't scoring as long as it's not costing you hockey games because it does feel like the dam is about to burst. I'm not, I don't know if that's necessarily happening now because if John Tavares is back, that's Mm -hmm. obviously a huge part of Tyler Bertuzzi's previous seasons and abilities to to, to rack up points, even going back to the 10.7 game series with the Bruins Mm -hmm. last year on the power play. He's not going to get those opportunities if John Tavares is back. Or should he? Well, it's such a, it's not quite a chicken or egg thing, but I saw Luke pointing out the numbers of you go back to Tyler Bertuzzi's 30 goal season and he had over a minute more or almost two minutes more of power play time than he's getting a game now. But guess what? Six power play goals that year. Like, you know, that's not nothing. It's six more than zero, but it's not the reason he was a 30 goal man is because he had six power play goals. And, you know, I'm not blind to the reality that you get more touches in those spots. You feel better. It kind of bleeds through the other parts of your game. But, you know, the thing I'm, you and I like to joke about our Samsonov early, early test. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, that's going to be me for Bertuzzi with the puck on a stick in the offensive zone today. Cause he has been playing really well. But before that went in, every time he had a chance, you could just see the overthinking. You could mm-hmm. see the panic. He's missing, like, he'd be missing the net from the slot with nobody around him. You could see the panic that was kind of getting there. And, of course, guys press, guys press. Is he now able to relax? Is he now able to make that little extra move? Hold the puck for an extra second because you're more confident because one went in. That's the thing I'm kind of most curious about. I'm not, I'm tongue-in-cheeking it a bit, but I am going to be on that almost like Samsonov early yeah. watch for Bird. It's like, did the goal work, or are we still <laughs> basically mired in a slump here? Yeah, because it's still, hey, you scored a goal. In a 9-2 game. <laughs> you're still a pending free agent, and you're going to be touch and go to get to double-digit goals this season when you're making five and a half million bucks. Still not a good season. Nope. Like, Tyler Bertuzzi's agent isn't just like fist pumping. He's like, "We're here. We go all aboard the money train." No, 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 no. no. <laughs> and yeah, the postseason stuff maybe takes care of that. 
but all it, that'll matter. I mean, it got him five and a half million this year, but only on a one-year deal, right? Like he, what what does Bertuzzi's free agency look like if, well, one, he goes to the Bruins and they did bow out in the first yeah. round of the postseason, but he scored no goals for them, right? Mm-hmm. Had single-digit goals across 50 games yep. last year between Detroit and Boston. What does his free agency look like if he doesn't have the 10 points in seven games? Yeah, it's very different. I think that he is still... I think he's probably more in the Max Domi tier. I think it's probably... That's it. Like, you're on a one-year deal. Half it's, a mil- like, half no. as much as he's making. Yeah, no, I don't I don't want to... I, I don't want to undermine how much that is. I certainly, just, just so we're clear, if my boss are listening, I would not like to take half of my paycheck. No. I would not like to do that. I'd like to take all of it. And, that, and just while we're talking about it, if you're offering more i'll take that as well they're there but you got to be careful in this business you don't want to make too much that's true also. well i just stay below you is all i, I need to know <laughs> just the hair it's like it's the reverse theory of the bear it's like i don't have to outrun the bear that is easy, I have to outrun you, you yeah it's not that easy uh the but i that's what i look at i think you're in that kind of domey tier of a pesty guy who can give you some of that grit whatever but because the counting stats weren't there. But, I mean, Domi's put up counting stats. That's the weird thing about the Bertuzzi and Domi mm-hmm. markets last year. Generally speaking, center always valued more than a wing, especially a guy who played in a conference final. I'm going to say it again and again because it continues to be weird. So, yeah, I, I, and just what we're talking about all that, love Domi on, on Saturday night. You know, wow. Reeve, he's poking around at, at Gudis, and, you know, that is what it is. And yeah. Johnston comes in, and it's like, you want this? No, not really. But... Uh, you just love it. That's what Domi's here to do. His old man's in the building. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Ty was just like, he wasn't in a box. He was just with, with the unwashed yeah. masses. Um, man you know, of the people. You want to talk about the... Actually, the not, not man of the people. It's like, he is. Like, he loves them, but it's like also man of Tom Brady and Michael Jordan. Yeah. And, yeah. If you have a casino that's opening, like, on the top of Mount Everest, yeah. like, Ty Domi will find his way there, and he'll be playing craps. Um <laughs> Sounds fun. I, yeah. I would take the. I, I don't like to travel. Would take that invite. <laughs> you have anything else to say on the Radko Gudis thing? Because like obviously Radko Gudis is one of the number one enemies of mm-hmm. Leafs Nation. After he shouted so loud in Joe Wall's face, which I honestly like. If, of all the things that you can be mad at, Radko Gudis, and he has a long list of fan bases that aren't big fans. When he's like chopping people's yeah. heads off on the ice. I uh, like celebrating a series winning goal in overtime. I don't think is the worst thing. In the it's world. not. No, no, it's not the celebrating of the goal. It's what it stands for. It's a guy who wants to be really loud and brash so long as he's the toughest guy in a pile. But the second there's a tougher guy in the pile, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And not in Toronto Let's, because there yeah. was an indication that the Leafs were interested in yep. acquiring a guy that skill set kind of fits what they for were sure. looking for. And he's like, I got a big family. And it's like, that's that doesn't interest mm-hmm. me being, you know, somebody who's going to be scrutinized. Did you hear what Kyle was saying? It's tough on them. Yeah. I don't, don't want to do that. No, I think I think that's the thing about Gudis is that there are, you know, there are people who look at that play of him screaming in Joe Wall's face. And yeah, like I roll my eyes at it too. It's like poor. Now I actually do believe Joe Wall is poor sensitive Joe Wall. It's mm-hmm. like, he seems very learned. He likes to go hiking in the mountains. Well, I was like, just going to say like Ty Domi is at that casino and like, Hey, Joe Wall just stumbles upon like, it. Cause wow. he's also hiking in the mountains. There's gambling here. I better leave. That sounds fun. Uh, th- but when I look at that, it's what it stands for. It's a guy who wants to be big and brash in the moment that, yeah, okay, go yell in the goalie's face. It's Joe Wall. He's, what, he has his fourth start. He's a mild-mannered guy. He's not going to exactly block you in the face if he didn't like it. And it's the Leafs. Nobody there was going to do much about it. So I think that's why people get so mad about that. It's not the, it's not, 
much like Ridley Gregg. It's not the slap shot. It's mm. what it stands for. Mm. And much like, and, and actually much like Gudis, it's like if you go watch the follow-up from Gregg, it's like, yeah, maybe he wasn't so proud of what he did after after <laughs> the fact, and he wants to kind of sheepishly walk away from it, and Gudis, a lot of that as well. It's like he wants to bark and bark and bark, and oh, yeah. look at that, Ryan Reeves poking around. Hmm, I don't mm. have so much to say anymore. Yeah. And yeah. hey, guess what? I, I too would not have much to say if Ryan Reeves around, but I'm not barking on an NHL rink. Chose to take the yeah, same amount of money he could have gotten other places, but uh, playing Anaheim for a bad Ducks team. That is just perennially going to be bad. Anything else from this game for now? Because obviously we're going to swing back around to it. Yeah, no, it's just uh, cannot overstate how fun those games are. And you hockey would be boring if that was every night and the Leafs just win 9-2. Uh, even I. It'd take me longer than most, but even I would eventually get sick of that. You need those every once in a while. So thank you, Austin Matthews. Thank you, Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, I would just, the thing I was going to mention that forgot I forgot to was that, yeah, Connor McDavid's still the best player, okay? Like, let's, let's not get it twisted. Mm-hmm. Connor McDavid is the best player. I'll, I'll just like to state, agree. Austin Matthews this season is the most watch, uh, most must-watch we got in this league right now. Because, right, right now, yep. Because of the ridiculous pace and the potential that we could be watching a top-10 goal-scoring season in the history of the sport that used to be, you know, we used to see... Well, well I, I, gambling wasn't as prevalent mm-hmm. in the 80s, but, like, I'm sure you would you, – if we had our wake and rake in, like, 1985, what would the the the, the totals be, like, eight and a half, nine yeah. and a half? It's like, well, nine and a half, a little high, but yeah. I've got to take the over tonight. You would be going to some sketchy guy in, like, a gas station parking lot, and then he'd be like, I don't want to have to break your legs. Make yeah. sure you get this money. That's yeah. what would have been happening in 1985 Yeah, if you were, if you were doing that. But you're right. Like, the, the totals are – are ridiculous then and seeing him be able to do this now. And I don't, I don't mean this to diminish anything that Matthews is doing now. I'm just going to say it again. It is, it is proof positive of what a great place the league is in now that everyone is understanding that McDavid's the best player. Like we all have our little dalliances Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. McKinnon or Matthews, but everyone understands that it's McDavid, but generally speaking, it's McKinnon and Matthews and somebody every once in a while, someone else pokes their head into this club. Sometimes it's dry sidle where they get to be in the conversation and actually have it be a debate for two weeks, a month. Mm-hmm. You've seen that from McKinnon when he had four goals earlier in a game this year, you've seen it from dry sidle at, at times and you're seeing it from Matthews and spades right now. It's what makes this league in such a good spot right now that you have a truly unquestioned best player in your game. But even that guy mm-hmm. is able to be pushed for, you know, for Matthews, it's been a borderline a month now that he's been like this. McKinnon, you've seen him go on stretches like it. it it's just, it is proof positive of how good he is mm-hmm. and how good a state the game's in. Uh, we'll get to watch him this afternoon, 1 o'clock, in St. Louis against the Blues on uh, Sportsnet Ontario. Santana coming to Budweiser Stage this summer on June 26th with Counting Crows as part of their oneness tour. And we have tickets to give away to enter, listen daily to the Fan Morning Show for the code word, then text the code word to 59590. Today's code word is SMOOTH. Text SMOOTH to 59590 right now for your chance to win. If you don't win with us, tickets officially on sale right now at Ticketmaster.ca. When we come back, Blue Jays weren't done making moves. How dare you? couple of minor league signings. Big sexy's back. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Vogelbach yeah, in the mix. Uh, what does that mean for some of the guys trying to make this team out of camp? That and more next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Fan Morning Show, Sports on 590 The Fan, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning. Uh, Blue Jays' official mandatory reporting date for position players is tomorrow at spring training in Dunedin. So we mentioned we're going away, both of us, not to the same place. No. But next week we're going to Sunny Climbs. I'm going on a cruise, but... We go to Miami first for a night. I feel like I would have liked that more if you, if we were on vacation together because I'd have, like, a bud to talk sports <laughs> with. You can talk with your, your son. He's, you know, he doesn't have takes yet. Oh. He's very, like, he's happy to play some sports, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not. I'm like, you got to work on that. Got to work on the takes? Yeah. I, I posted a picture to my Instagram. We were working on our laptops, yeah, getting the show ready that. yesterday, so I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. Um I'm going to Florida, though, before we go on this cruise. This cruise departs from Florida. Unfortunately, not in the Dunedin area. I would have loved to have checked out you, some, some Blue Jays spring training action. Have you ever been to spring training? I was training? about to say, you reek of a spring training guy. Uh, I've shock, only ever been once. Shocker, I have not been a place. Shock, like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I could have just, yeah. It's yeah. not the baseball of it all. It's just, like, not your house of it all that no, you haven't been I to would, spring training. I did travel last year out of province, even, to Good play golf. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. Um... I've been. It's awesome. You it's love so it, eh? great. Like if you're, what do you? If lo- you've never okay. done it, it's the proximity for people that you know. I got. I've, I've had good seats and yeah, obviously yeah. my access. Like I've been on the field and blah 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 blah. But for people who are not used to being in close proximity to professional athletes, the, the normals, access, if you will. Yeah. yeah, the access you get to major leaguers, the biggest names in the sport. It's 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 just it's these larger than life figures playing in these podunk little janky stadiums in these small little Florida I, I, cities. I will say I am yeah, jealous, probably too strong of a term, but I wish like, I wish hockey had that. Like, you know, yeah. they have it and like, they'll go up to like Gravenhurst for yes. a day or whatever. And that's like, Hey, Lucan. Good. Yeah. Hey, Oh yeah. No, honestly, once again, thank you, Gary, yeah. that John Tavares first game uh, was in Lucan, Ontario as a leaf. But I, I do think it is an awesome, awesome thing about the sport. Like you get it a little bit in football, there are training camps, yeah. and it's, it's ingrained in the culture there. But, yeah, it is a, you know, baseball, as far as traditions go, we talk about the sounds, how good it is. I, like, no sport starts better than, than baseball, just mm-hmm. in terms of spring training, and you can touch it, you can feel it. It goes on mm. forever, which, you know, people feel both ways about, I actually think, because mm-hmm. you can go down. You got, like, six months to go down to spring training. I don't understand how it works. The spring is only, like, a month and a half long, but somehow you can go down there for six months because it never ends. Correct, and you can see Eduardo Escobar and Daniel Vogelbach the newly minted Toronto Blue Jays, in mm. name only. So they signed minor league deals, which are non-guaranteed, right? Like, so sign a minor league deal, you're essentially, well, and, and an invite to, to major league spring training. It's basically a tryout. The Blue Jays are giving For a tryout. For my hockey people, this is a PTO. Yeah. Uh, Eduardo Escobar is in his mid-30s. He's a former all-star. He's a guy that's been a very valuable player, switch hitter, plays all over the infield. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Vogelbach, I think people are more familiar with because he was actually a Blue Jay. That's right. Briefly. He's still looking for his first hit as a Blue Jay. I think he had two plate appearances or was in a couple of games. Anyways, um, and then after he departed, he actually had a great season in Milwaukee. This mm-hmm. is a guy that has had some big, big power numbers. Yeah. Big strikeout numbers. Mm-hmm. Big walk totals. Big human being. Three true outcomes, baby. Yeah, he's a left-handed hitting slugger. So these are a couple of guys the Blue Jays have added with no risk. There's never a bad minor league deal signed. Nope. But also guys that presumably, although we're, we're late in the proceedings here, those are guys with skill sets that have had various degrees of success, had their, not pick of the litter, but had more than one option, I would think, on a minor league deal. Because everybody's of the understanding that 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 these there's no risk involved here. And... To that end, yeah. 
I imagine they're signing these minor league deals with the Blue Jays with not an assurance of making the team, but a pretty good indication that that's possible. Yeah, if you read Shai's piece, I'm not sure if it was from yesterday or Saturday, but the Escobar of it all seems to be a little more, you know, again, not locked in, but it seems that's a little more of maybe a promise or an expectation. And Vogelbach, you know, you'll, there just seems to be, you know, kind of a direct competition with Clement, Horowitz there. So, yeah, I, I think you, I, I think the Escobar one was interesting, especially with Shai pointing out there the idea that it's, you know, not, again, not, promised like capital p promise but mm-hmm. inferred <laughs> yeah you're, you're not going to waste some guy's time if Uh-oh. you don't intend to at least give him a fair crack at making the team and by that i mean listen we're, we're gonna do this and when we get back there'll be plenty of times for this hey dude results in spring training games matter and who does it matter it no like and especially for veterans like, I, mm-hmm. I I don't care if Eduardo Escobar goes over in the spring, mm-hmm. if he looks good in the moments that they want him to look good and yep. they think he fills a role. And obviously injuries impact this, this this discussion we're about to have tremendously. Um, yeah, the, the actual results in these spring training games aren't super important. Okay, but you have those two dudes. Let's just, let's give them their spots. Because I, I even think, so Spencer Horowitz has options. You can send him back down. I think yeah. Spencer Horowitz, it fills a need and yeah. Pretty good, like bats ball and and can take a walk and maybe he's figuring out the power to a degree. Doesn't play a position that's incredibly uh, an area of need necessarily for the Blue Jays right now. Mm -hmm. But okay, it's nice to have a Spencer Horowitz, but Daniel Vogelbach can hit the ball out of the ballpark Mm -hmm. and Blue Jays certainly needed that a season ago. Eduardo Escobar. If it, he's not 40, right? He's 35, and he's a switch hitter, and he can play all over the place. And if you can rediscover some modicum of that in a part-time player and get another option at third mm-hmm. base and second base or a, a bench uh, piece that, that that can fill in for injuries or yep. late in games as a defensive replacement, that's all well and good. So let's just give those guys a spot. So it means that it's likely one of Santiago Espinal, Davis Schneider, or Ernie Clement that only one of those guys will make the team. Two guys are going to be out, and I'll lay out the, the case. So, well, I'll lay out the, the particulars. Espinal has options. David Schneider has options. Ernie Clement does not. So you risk losing Ernie Clement if 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 he doesn't make the team, if he's mm-hmm. one of the two guys that you decide are not making this 26-man roster. Yeah, obviously that's going to color your your perception. You know, I'll ask you this question because I feel like you have a better read on it than, than me with a guy like Espinal specifically. And, you know, I'm the first one to point out that the as far as in a world where there's a lot of fake all-stars, uh, you know, him being an all-star was as fake as, as she comes there, like the 37th injury replacement. But he was an all-star nonetheless. Do you, like, do you think that there is a, you know, we're not going to overstate the value this player holds in a trade or anything along those lines. But again, from Shai's piece, that's something else he pointed out there. Like, would you be more inclined to, you know, despite the easy option there of him having options, you could send him down. Does that diminish him as a trade asset? Would you look to flip this for maybe some prospect capital? And again, it's not high-end stuff you're getting. It's Santiago Espinal. If he was good, you'd put him on your team and maybe have him play in third base or, or something along those lines. But that's where I go to with that is that when you have these, when you have multiple options there, and it's not just one or the other. There's now three guys you throw into the fold there is that all we hear is that the cupboards are bare for this organization. And again, this wouldn't be some prospect resetting trade but do you think there's a world where that's the kind of way they play this out or do you think they just hold on to the options and and go about their business that way well first things first this is not a an asset management 
spring training, right? It's not like, hey, this guy outperformed this guy. This guy gives us a better chance to win, but this guy doesn't have options. So this guy has to make the team. Like, you're not in the business of doing that. Are Uh, we sure? Okay, like, I agree with you. Are we sure? uh, These guys, and everybody does, but mm. these guys love team control. Are we sure? I, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Partly because they're I, in, like, they're desperate to win, but also I don't disagree. Part, but I, also part of it is, like, the guys you risk losing stink. Yeah. Like, no offense to Ernie Clement, and mm, he's the one I, guy mm, that... Little offense. Yeah. No offense to the man from Buffalo who has, like, an affinity for, for this region and really, really had some big moments for the Blue Jays in 30 games last season, OPSing 885. His minor league career OPS, minor league, in which he has over 1,600 plate appearances, mm-hmm. is 738. Like, in the minor leagues, yeah. he's not. He's like a league average yep. hitter. And, you know, if he can be a league average hitter and play defensively, capably, at multiple positions, maybe he can be a 26-man somewhere. Nobody should be bending over backwards, <laughs> putting yourself in a pretzel to hold on to Ernie Clement. I don't disagree. The other guys <laughs> have options. Santiago Espinal, despite being an all-star, Okay, he's been a guy that for his career has been a slightly below average offensive player. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I feel like the defense has slipped a little bit. When he first arrived, that guy was, you were happy to put him in as a defensive replacement at shortstop for Bo Bichette. For some reason at that position in third base, he hasn't looked at the part since. Well, I was going to say with Espinal's defense, he feels like a he feels like a classic flashy guy, but is also prone to the mistake like he can pick it his glove like he has great glove skills but you just look at it and there's and it's like that's what we talk about with Bichette it's like they and he got rid of all the errors there but mm-hmm. it's like you still see it with Santiago Espinal and the brain farts and not being able to get to balls but he can't pick it it's weird like you're right like that yeah. is a hitting can go in a year you see it all the time and guys can improve their defense mm-hmm. but when it's not just like an athleticism like you'll see it with center fielders where guy gets old he loses a step he's no longer the elite defender who was there but it's weird with a defender like espinal to just kind of lose it well and it's not i don't want to overstate that it's lost but you understand what i'm saying yeah no when he first arrived again um and i'm sure there was an explicit understanding that hey your path to being a major league baseball player is through your glove and arrived yeah doing all the right things but a lot of that coming on the defensive side of the ball and then oh how how do i become more than just the 26 man well i just got out my offense Mm -hmm. it's weird how that works we saw it with danny jansen same thing too right like where oh i gotta focus on my defense it was the opposite for danny jansen because he arrived as this offensive juggernaut yeah uh and worked on the defense and became one of the better defensive catchers in baseball, and then the offense went wayward, and now we're back to a good spot with him as long as he can stay healthy. If but yeah. he's taking requests, that's the thing I wanted to work on is the health. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear. I don't know how you can avoid taking baseballs off your hand. But anyways, yeah, I don't I, – I think more options – uh, on at, at these positions is better than not. And, like, I don't really care that Santiago Espinal might feel like he's deserving of a 26-man spot and he doesn't get it. Um, his season a year ago is not indicative of nope. him being handed an opening day spot. Again, like, injuries sometimes take care of these things, and I'm, I'm sure John Schneider is imagining the possibility that over the month and a half of spring training, somebody's going to pick up a bump and bruise, somebody's going to end up on the injured list to start the season, and it's not going to be a discussion. But if it is, I got no problem with demoting Santiago Espinal. I have no problem DFAing Ernie Clement and hoping that he doesn't get picked up because the the way this works also is that the beginning of the season everybody's like tons of, calling yeah, their roster it. as well. I mean, maybe somebody's waiting for Ernie Clement to hit the waiver wire. I tend to doubt it. Um, 
David Schneider's the one guy that I I can't in my and I've been a big David Schneider guy even before he was called mm-hmm. up and wondering Sounds what like the hell they were to gonna say something bad about him. Absolutely not. Okay. No, I was he was very much on my radar when he was having the ridiculous start to his season in AAA last season, and I, I didn't know necessarily whether that would translate to the major league level, but my thought process was like, let's see it. And then we saw it, and it was unbelievable, and it tailed off at the end. But even though I, I even when he was going through his struggles at the end of the season, I still thought the process was good. I, I can't imagine this Blue Jays team in its stage of its development can afford to just say, yeah. Yeah, we would rather not. Like, do it again at AAA, and especially considering the options that you have at second base and, to a lesser degree, third base. I don't think David Schneider is going to be playing third base. No, that's but, not where you want him. Yeah, like playing left field instead of uh, Dalton Varsho against lefties, I, I think David Schneider can do a capable job, and the idea that he might come close to replicating what he did. Like, if he comes close to replicating what he did a season ago, that's – a huge help to the team. I think he makes the team in that final roster spot, and I think you're waving goodbye to Ernie Clement if someone wants to claim him, but more than likely than not, you're able to outright him to mm-hmm. to AAA, and that Santiago Espinal is also being optioned to AAA. Yeah, we're kind of like, I know you're not because you put him on the team. We're a little bit overthinking the David Schneider thing, and look, look, guys have had hot flash in the pans to start careers, and it doesn't pan out, but... The team needed to hit last year. That was the thing that they could not do. That was mm-hmm. the issue with the team. And of all the guys we just talked about there, that's the guy who I feel the most confident about giving you good at-bats at the major league level this coming season. So it's a really kind of just straightforward proposition from that way. I agree with everything you said about asset management. And of course, if you're going to lose some blue-chip pl- prospect or a player that you could flip for things of note, then of course you think about asset mm-hmm. management. But to your point, what are you getting for, you know, Schneider is the one that's a little interesting. I think if you wanted to trade a player like that, yeah. nobody's blowing their doors off for you, but that is an intriguing player, I think, to another. That's why you're not giving them up. Exactly why you're not giving them up. So I think it is so easy. The thing this team needs to do, look, you got to you got to do everything in baseball to be a good baseball team. But the thing that this team struggled with the most was hitting, and he was able to do it, gave you good at bats. He was the spark plug for your season, and you don't owe him anything because of that. But I just think that because spring training at bats don't really matter, I, I, or at least I'm going to just start definitively with that stance, that they don't really matter. I don't know what's going to happen between now and the start of the season to change my mind on mm-hmm. that. Yeah, injury is the only thing. Of course. Uh, best shape of their life update. Mm. Alec Manoa has lost 35 pounds. Gained back 4.2 in beard. Yeah. Uh, and Ricky Tiedemann has also taken the other 31.8 <laughs> because apparently he's, he's a beast. He's huge. Okay. Um, and everybody on the same page is getting the same notes on Ricky Tiedemann. Uh, we'll talk to Keegan Matheson later on in the program, live from Dunedin. Coming up next, though, your friend of mine, Gord Stellick, leaves Blues from St. Louis at 1 o'clock this afternoon on Sportsnet Ontario. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.